0: 3.5 FM,
1: your home for Community Radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning, folks. Thank you for gathering with us uh, via the interwebs. Um, Also, thank you uh, Tom Ficklin for uh, supplying this platform for us to connect with the community. Um, Can't thank you enough for that and giving uh, myself the opportunity and providing one of the dopest producers in the business. Here we draw holding us down making sure everything runs right so we appreciate that uh we're gonna have a couple of guests today and one of those guests in our uh community conversation around uh policing and then we're also gonna have some guests uh, discussing uh re and social networking um but our first guest today is Chief Roderick Porter how you doing today sir
2: I'm good Earl thanks for having me man
1: man thank you for joining us we appreciate you man um I got a few, got a few questions for you um we're gonna go through but before we get into you know those questions if you you know your mind for the folks that are not aware that you are the current uh chief of police of the city of bridgeport um if you want to talk a little bit about that in your history I know you and I met um a while back just on happenstance and talking we were in front of my office and come mm-hmm. to find out that my office used to be your office. So, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, if you want to just give us some background so the people can get to know you a little bit who, don't, who may not know you.
2: Yeah, just uh, real briefly. So I got like 36 years of law enforcement experience, 36, 37 years. Um, I've been with the Bridgeport Police Department for 32 years. Uh, I've been the police chief now since December of 2020, 2022. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, my background has been... Uh, you know, in law enforcement, really community engagement, community policing, uh, you know, that's kind of like the basis of uh, uh, how I police. Um, you know, I think that uh, crime stats are important, but how people feel is even more important. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think to be successful in policing, you have to have good community engagement, good community participation. And, uh, you know, I can't be successful unless the community is a part of what I'm doing. So. Uh, yeah that's just you know quick synopsis of uh of my career um and you're right so my office used to be your office um a while back i was in charge of the internal affairs division and that used to be my office where you are and uh um the thing i hated about that office was there was no windows there are no windows um,
1: it's like being in a casino
2: man i have no idea what's going on uh i felt like i was in a tomb sometimes like i didn't know how, how it looked outside so um Whenever I get an office, I'm always I always got the only
1: thing I want. You got to give me a window. <laughs> uh, that's that's something I'll be discussing in the future. Man. All right, if it's day, I don't know if it's morning, night, whatever. People ask, "Hey, what's what's the weather like?" I have no clue, man. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah, no, that's 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 tough, man. And that's and what I just say, uh, Earl. I, I really appreciate what you're doing with reentry. I I, I think that is another vital part of um, how proper policing and law enforcement right is the key is to not have crimes occur and right. the way we not have crimes occur is to help people who um uh, might have in the past participated in some criminal cr- criminal activity um so give them avenues so that they don't um re reoffend and so um i, I appreciate what
1: you're doing man. it's an Thank important you. part of what Thank we're you. trying to do i i mean i think it goes hand in hand um a uh, number of aims that uh administration and uh, Mayor Gannon have for us is around uh, decrease in recidivism so people are not going back in and out of prison that our residents of Bridgeport are providing them some resources. And then um, ultimately uh, increase in public safety, which is goes hand-in-hand on what you're about as well. So. Um, and with that being said, what you talked a little bit of earlier about the importance of community policing, I'm wondering, what does that look like for you in action? Um, I know you and I have worked on a couple of programs. I know you, you've you done the Project Longevity stuff. Um, I mean, does it also include your officers walking the beat? What does community policing look like in action to you, and what does it mean?
2: Yeah, so walking the beat, getting to know people, getting engaged with people um, are all of the actionable parts of community policing. Um, seeing officers out in the community connecting with people, with the citizens, um addressing issues at a lower level before they become potential uh, uh, criminal activity, um and just really engaging. um so even more than like the actionable parts of community policing, the mindset is actually more important than um, the actual walking the beats, right? So the walk in the beats. The- I'm sorry. The mindset of
1: your officers.
2: Yeah. It's okay. like, so walking the beats are fine, but you have to walk that beat with the mindset that we're community oriented, we're community engagement, not like there to be the police and not really uh, interact. So um, mindset as is, is as important as the actual action goals of walking and talking and, and you know doing those things. So it's also developing a mindset that community policing is community engagement, um, community participation and things like that.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um, what would you say, you, you've you had a long career in uh, policing and now you're at the top. What what would be something that your younger, newly, uh, newly out of the academy self would say to your chief self? And what was something that your chief self would say to your newly out of the academy self?
2: Wow, that's a good question, man. Uh, let me think about that. So I would say my my chief uh, now um, saying to my younger self would be, um, um, you know, be patient, um, you know, learn, um, educate yourself, um, you know, really try to understand why crimes occur understand the root causes of crime on the current understand what drives crime and what contributes to individuals participating in criminal behavior. That's what I would say to my younger self, like you really need to understand those and it'll help you do your job better. Um, Because the younger part of me didn't care why people were selling drugs. It was just, I wanted to catch them selling drugs and arrest them and get them off the streets. Where now the chief part of me is why are they selling drugs? Why are they selling drugs? Or why is there crime occurring in that neighborhood? Like, so what do we do to address um, why people feel comfortable doing the things they do in that neighborhood? So the chief part of me says to the younger part of me is understand the root cause of the crime and try and address those areas. Um, the younger self saying to me now would be like, wow, I never thought I would be a police chief. I just wanted to be a police officer and, uh, you know, have a career and be able to make a difference in my community and be able to provide for my family. Um, um, but I would say to myself now is don't forget the reasons why I originally became a cop. It was always that passion. I just something I always wanted to do. I wanted to really give back and really help people and uh, to continue to make sure that um, I remember those things.
3: And yeah, not forget
2: cool. when I was a police officer and what the young police officers go to. Right. So mm-hmm. as a chief, it's important that I remember how it is to be out there sitting in those police cars, driving around for eight hours. Working the midnight shift, um, having to stay up all night long, and you know, being uncomfortable in that car, um, things like that, and understand what these officers are going through. Okay.
1: Um.
2: Because, because, and I saw it because it changed from when I was an officer. We didn't have to wear body cameras. Yeah. yeah, we didn't wear body cameras. There was no cell phones. No, it's a, it's a
1: different world. Um... It's Funny that you say that because I, I remember actually just meeting up with some of my uh college cohort friends and thinking, like, we were definitely blessed not to have social media while we were in college
0: <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and cell phones,
2: exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, well, um, that being said, I know, like, again, getting back to the community policing stuff. Um, I think the first time I met you, once I came on board. In Bridgeport um, was over by the Terrace. And uh, I was working with the workplace and um, Tahiba Baines, and we were doing some stuff around giving out backpacks and pizza mm-hmm. to, uh, to, the, to the kids in the community right before school. Mm-hmm. So getting, getting with that engagement, and, and those are the things that you were doing and are doing uh, prior to being chief and, and as you are chief now, what does it look like for you? There's been a lot of talk and a lot of uh, municipalities um, engaging in uh, diversionary uh, programming, maybe perhaps working with social workers or trying to kind of divert or deter people from having to get into the uh, judicial system and prison pipeline and getting people to kind of the services they, they need. What does that look like in Bridgeport? And is that going on at, or how is that taking shape or being piloted?
2: Yeah, so I, I would say even beyond the police department, you know, the our, the mayor and his administration, we, like your program and others, um, the city's really um, taken a, a big commitment and a big stance to to deal with those issues, to to, to um, offer alternatives and, and, and services so people don't get caught up in the system. And I think it's important that the police be a part of it. So as you know, I'm a part of Project Longevity. Um, I worked with, with the U.S. Attorney's Office, um, with Project Safe Neighborhoods to to talk to people um, to make sure we keep our young people in in into programs that are positive. This past year, you know, we did midnight basketball um, with the Hall Neighborhood House and the Boys and Girls Club. We work with boxing programs just to offer all types of alternative services. We've done basketball camps over the years and and, and just many different programs, diversionary programs to keep our kids, um, you know, in, occupied and and and. Providing services that they uh, that will better serve them. So I, I just think that like the the time you you said you saw me out there with backpacks and mm-hmm. that's just something that we've done in the community and from the police department, from the uh, mayor's administration. That's been a big commitment to Bridgeport. So uh, I just mm-hmm. think that it's important that we engage and offer kids, young people, um, alternatives yeah. to Services.
1: Yeah, that's similar. Some of the stuff that we're we're doing here uh, with Myra in the city. Um, we have a program that we run called Bridgeport's Family First. And in that program, we have funding from the Department of Justice uh, where we're working with parents that are incarcerated while we're also working with their um, children and whoever's Mm -hmm. the caretaker in the community trying to work with wraparound services for the whole entire family. So as that person uh, who is serving out their time um, is... you know, matriculating back into the uh, community, we also want to make sure that we're providing some resources around their family. And if there's an issue of, you know, that you know that the, the father is not speaking with the the mom and the kid, or the mom is not speaking with the father and the kid, whoever may be incarcerated, we're trying to build those bridges um, of reunification so that even if they are not going to be living together, but the importance of that connectivity of the fami- of the family unit because. One of the things that we prominently believe here is that you know it's not just that individual in, in mm-hmm. that's locked up that's serving time and doing time that's you know missing from the community. That 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 absence is also impacting the community and the folks that are left behind at the same time. So we're trying to treat the whole unit um, and like the stuff that you do in the community and stuff mm-hmm. where we intersect and connect in the community. I think is great. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think
2: that's that's great, and, and you mentioned a good point, like really provide the services to the whole family because when when someone's taken out of that family, it affects the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. And so we've done some programs like that. Uh, we, we did a program of some years back. It was a, a life skills academy for young girls. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when I was in charge of community services, we did a health and wellness program for young boys. Um, and many of them didn't have parents. Some of their parents were um, they didn't have two parents. And many right. of their parents uh, were incarcerated and end up it just it just dawned upon me, we had a dance, we had a father-daughter dance, and I just remember going to the dance and having to dance with like five or six girls, because they didn't have a father, mm-hmm. and a couple of their fathers um, had been incarcerated, so I think that um, as a community, it's really important to understand what's left behind when someone is incarcerated and how it impacts everyone else in that household, and so...
1: And the entire community. You're absolutely right. Yeah. we actually just did a father's daughter's dance in July um, Mm -hmm. with some individuals that had gotten out and had started the family reunification process. So it it was an amazing scene, the the looks of little young women's face. It's very impactful, that that type of work. So Mm -hmm. um, I think it's something else, you know, maybe you and I get together and we'll talk about uh, expanding and doing some more work together.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I I really think it's important for... uh, Communities like Bridgeport, and and being a, a black man, for um, the young people to see me and and interact with me and, and know that you know I'm just like them. I come from similar situations. Uh, so it's really important that they know and that we connect with them and 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 not just you know that they have a some personal interaction where they. That That's big. That's big with me. I like to go to the schools. We like to we do roundtable forums. I just think as a uh, in this position, it's really important that I let them let them see me and get to know me.
1: You uh, your department, is it participate in any pal programming?
2: So, yeah, we we, we work with our pal. Um, um, we are actually we need to do more with our pal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've talked to our head of our pal here, Mike Morella, so we can do more. But, yeah, we, we've we always done PAL. Um, you know, like I said, um, we work with the Boys and Girls Club, Hall Neighborhood House, Sheen Center, Caribe. Um, You know, we're, we're embedded in, in all. I used to be a coach in PAL, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was one of the PAL basketball coaches. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You, you think you've taken an Obama, you got a good jump shot? What does that look like? Say that again? I said you've taken an Obama, you got a good jump shot. What does that look like?
2: Yeah, I, I used to be able to drive, but my knees are slowed down, so I can't I can't get by people like I used to, so I got to just pull up. <laughs> well,
1: I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't have an athletic bone on my body, but after I turned 40, that check engine light came on, so I ain't been doing too much at all. Well, I
2: ain't going to tell you how
1: old I am, so that check engine <laughs> light came on a while ago. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, one of the other things I, I, I wanted to talk about, you mentioned you know, being a black man um, in your position in, in this community. How how is it um, running a police department, one of the if not the the biggest city in uh the state of Connecticut and in an urban or minority-filled environment? How does that work? Yeah, so you know,
2: so I'm a big believer that uh no matter what environment you 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 work in, right, everyone deserves quality professional police policing, right? So people in Trumbull, people in Bridgeport should all be afforded. The same quality, respectful, pro- professional policing. Um, but with that, I'm, I'm aware that minority communities, particularly black communities and Hispanic communities, mm-hmm. there's some level of sensitivity that needs to be understood when you deal with these communities because of the past issues. And there's some mistrust issues. Um, so it, it, it's a balance. um that uh that we have to understand and be aware of and, and and acknowledge right that's the first thing is acknowledge that there is some issues or they have been issues, and you know um and respect those issues but at the end of the day you know we, we police respond to behaviors and conditions that exist right and we need to address those behaviors and conditions to 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 uh try and um prevent crime from occurring um but at the end of the day you know Everyone deserves quality, professional, respectful policing, no matter where you live, um, particularly in, in in communities of color uh, because of our past histories. And, and I think we've begun to do that. Um, we've broken down some of the uh, mistrust that I think and not that we were there. We got a lot more work to do. Um, mm-hmm. But we've done some surveys that we we've gotten some feedback from the community and uh, the majority of it was positive. Um, so we're going to continue to do that um to let them know that you know we're not some occupying force we're here to provide quality police services to our, to our community and and uh, you know i'm just committed to that you know and you know i accept nothing less of respectful policing um you know and 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 it's really important to be mindful of the concerns that communities of color have um I, i'll share with you real quick so um Please. Um, so I work with the NAACP, Dr. Valtrin, the new president of the Bridgeport chapter, of the NAACP. And, uh, you know, I just, um, met with him maybe a week or so ago. And, uh, I want to host one of the youth, they have a youth committee of the NAACP. I want to host one of their meetings in my office because I want the young people to know that, you know, the police are not their enemy, right? We, 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 we should have good relationships. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And, and it's a work in progress, right? We Absolutely. It's a work in progress. But people in Bridgeport deserve the same quality, professional, respectful police services as anyone else.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Most assuredly. Um, I think uh, one of the... the well, I don't think this will be the last question, but um, in another lifetime, for me, um, I worked up at the state capitol uh, in... I was in a position as the uh, information officer, and I did a lot of community program and community awareness for an uh, agency up there called the African American Affairs Commission. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that commission was charged with was um, working with the uh, Alvin Penn Law. And mm-hmm. um, basically, it's a law. Uh, that was legislated by uh, the Bridgeport delegation at the time. I think that was Ernie Newton, Alvin Penn, and a few others. Um, just around racial profiling, because uh, Alvin Penn, Senator Penn, had gotten racially profiled uh, multiple times, and he was tired of it. Um, unfortunately, with like some bills, that bill was written back in the 90s, but it didn't really get any teeth or any weight behind it until like 2015, when I started with the commission. And uh, one of the things that we were doing at the time to get more awareness around the law, um, where, you know, any any police stop that's made in this state by any, uh, whether it's municipal, state, trooper, whatever, you know, there's some compliance things that need to go along with uh, mm-hmm. the reporting of that stop. And you're well aware of that. So fast forward, it's 2015. We do a forum here in Bridgeport. Um, at the time, and basically what we had was the police chief of Bridgeport and the police chief of Stratford, because what the data was showing at the time was that a lot of Bridgeport residents were getting overly racial profiled in, in Stratford and getting stopped. And so we brought the community together, we brought the Stratford uh, police chief together with the Bridgeport police chief and had this discussion. Um, fast forward a few years later, um, there was some stuff with the Bridgeport police around not necessarily racial profiling individuals in the community, but some of the compliance behind that reporting. And now it's 2024. just want to get your thoughts about where you guys are at with that reporting. I know um, one of the things we talked about briefly was uh, some of the, I guess there was a computer system that was installed that wasn't necessarily working properly, but how are you guys doing with that and, uh, and updating that information and sending it up to where it needs to go to?
2: So so as far as I'm aware, I, I'm not aware of any issues that we're having currently. Um, you know, uh, I know in the past there were some issues with uh, technologies to be able to directly send the information. Um, you know, we did transition to um, uh, some computer systems to uh, help us in that area. Um, you know, I think that you know, I knew Alvin Penn. Um, obviously, as I respect that law, I think it was something that's needed. Um, I think initially there was, um, you know, with police officers, there's always the issue of, you know, getting buy in and getting compliance and, and um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, change is not always good. I mean, it's it's not always accepted and it takes time to get it. Absolutely. Not that it's not good. It's good change. But sometimes, you know, it, it takes a while to uh, get it going. But I think there was some technology issues with us having the uh, necessary technologies to re- record all that information and, and uh, make sure it's properly sent up. Um, as you know, in the beginning, it was like handwritten stuff.
1: It was yeah. That's that's and that was the issue. I think it was it was written on paper.
2: It was written on paper.
1: You're compiling all that stuff and then yeah, all that yeah yeah
2: compiling the data. Um. So yeah, you know, I, I respect the law, and if there's any concerns that we are, I would definitely jump on it and address it right away to make sure that we're doing everything we're supposed to do to uh, to comply. Um, you know, um, racial profiling is you know is disrespectful and it's demeaning and uh, You know no one should be subjected to that you know um, legitimate police stops are legitimate police stops and and there's ways to do legitimate police stops based on um you know proper information and certain violations but uh yeah i'm a big supporter of of, uh of the alvin pin law I like i said i knew alvin awesome
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um how's recruitment going with you guys i know uh, a couple of the times that you and i have met in the community you, you've had a new class with you um, with one the program that we did at the library, and I think I was just out on the street like two days ago and it, it looked like a group of recruits learning how to do traffic motor vehicle direction.
2: Yeah, so recruiting is 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 uh is going right you know we're having issues with throughout the country as an the issue with recruiting police officers, getting people to become police officers throughout the country. um but this past year in in two thousand and twenty three, We did really well. The mayor um, committed like to hiring over 100 cops from last July of 2023. Um, So in 2023, we hired 43 new police officers and, uh, you know, we're going to continue with our recruiting drives. We've done some things in the city of Bridgeport to help it um, easier for us to uh, attract new officers. So we're doing something where we're taking laterals, where in the past we weren't able to take laterals in Bridgeport uh, because of some charter issues. But the mayor's office changed that. Um, so now we're able to take officers who might be at another department who might want to come to Bridgeport because, you know, Bridgeport is the best police department in the state, Now, so people want yeah. to come here and be cops in Bridgeport. Um, but, you know, um, getting people interested in young and becoming law enforcement, we have to reintroduce law enforcement to our younger generation because they have a perception of law enforcement based on things that they've seen in the media and, and because of some legitimate incidents as well. Right. So um, I understand some of the concerns, but. So I think that we, um, in the city of Bridgeport, we've gone a long way the last year or so to kind of um, change that perception, and 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 we continue to work to train to change that perception because, um, you know, we're going to need new officers going forward, and uh, we want young people to know that being a police officer is still a good viable career, right? It's a career of service, right? Um, you're providing, you know, we're public servants, and um, you know we need to re-engage our young people to want to provide service to our community. And not just law enforcement, but service providers in general, or people public, it's it's a challenge across the board. Um, So what we're doing in the city of Bridgeport is we're trying to help people um, with how we police now, the perception of us, how we carry ourselves. And then we offer information sessions where we're trying to help people get through the process. Um, We're not trying to fail people out. If you fail out, it's because there's nothing we could do to get you through but we offer sessions where we tell you what the what the um physical requirements are going to be what some of the testing requirements are going to be what the background requirements are going to be um and we work with people to get through the process um so um yeah it's it's a, it's an ongoing process whenever i meet with my counterparts from new haven or harford the first thing we talk about is how's your recruiting going how many people you got how many did you lose or uh, so yeah we got work to do in the area but we're in bridgeport i'm happy to say that um we have a big commitment from, from, from Mayor Gannum, right? A hundred cop commitment um, within a year We're the funding for it um, and we've already done 43. Um, oh, so, okay. you know, I think we're going to, we're going to do okay. But, you know, ultimately Earl, it's, it's, it's the things that have hurt that have occurred over the last five, 10, 15 years that have put a negative um, light on the, on the law enforcement career. And we have to change that perception. And some of it, again, valid perceptions of, of what people think about law enforcement. But um, we have to change that narrative and, and, and show that it's a career um, of service where you can be impactful, um, especially in a city like Bridgeport. You know, you could really impact someone's life positively um, in law enforcement in, in the city of Bridgeport. I mean, you know, just like what you're doing, you know, you see us out and about and, you know, what you're doing is impacting people's lives. And not only their lives, but their family. So um, we bring on young cops sometimes here, and um some of them, you know may have had a past or or whatever, and they're a little older, and they get these jobs and they're like, hey, man, this impacts my not only my life, but this is gonna help me with my family and and, and everything else going forward. Uh, so, um yeah, I think it's still a good career. It's something I like I said I've been doing this for thirty seven years and always wanted to be in law enforcement.
1: No, I think that uh, civil service, uh, public service stuff is, is really important. I know the Army has had to shift gears and started doing like pre-Army boot camps to to get mm-hmm. new in and, and help that as well. Um, we're going to be ending in just a moment. I, I would just like if you could share, you know, I know you talked about recruitment and the commitment from Erganum, and that's great. And You're almost halfway at that at the halfway point. I'm wondering if um, if you could just share before we depart here. Uh, a major win that you, or something that you consider a major win and something that you consider still a challenge that you're working on?
2: Um, wow, that's good. Well, in terms of like the department, um, one of our major wins was we got a new contract for our officers, right? Okay. Um, you know, the mayor and his staff and we worked for our union and we were able to, because uh, we had been without a contract for about a year and a half, two years. So that really made the salary in Bridgeport more competitive. And uh you know that was one of our major wins to uh to get that commitment in terms of financial to provide the officers with um you know a you know I think a respectful pay um so I think that's one of our major wins challenges um you know we just got to continue to recruit um you know I'm always concerned about crime um we 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 kind of held it steady even though we've been like hundred officers short um and that's due in large part to. The good work that our police officers do but also um our community engagement efforts are um i think community engagement efforts help drive down the crime so i think that's another um win but crime is always something that we're concerned about in bridgeport all
1: right sir i hope this won't be the last time we get together and i look forward to speaking to you again man
2: yeah likewise earl and you got to do my you know my facebook live um to your to your audience every other tuesday in in this tuesday is one of them i do a uh, a Facebook Live where we talk about policing issues, um, and I'm going to bring you on so you can talk about the importance of Myra and how it affects uh, law enforcement and policing.
1: You tell me what time I'll be there. Alright, man. Alright, God bless, man.
2: Alright, um, thanks for having me.
1: Good luck with your Knicks out there. I'm a Lakers hey. man. All
2: right. Lake. Alright, yeah, you need the luck now.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we, we got, we're getting back up
2: Alright, hey, LeBron's getting old, man. You gotta let that go. You're
1: the best man <laughs> in the business. You know it. <laughs> All right, all uh, you take care, man. Take care, man. All right, we'll talk. All right, be safe. All right. God bless. Hello, 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 folks. Uh, at this time, I want to say we got uh, some superstars joining us. Um, so I'll, I'll let them introduce themselves, but we have some folks here from the New Haven contingent of Hang Time. And if you guys want to go ahead and unmute yourselves and, and you know, profile that Cameron, those winning smiles, those thousand watt smiles that y'all had. Um, I, I'd appreciate it. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining us. What's going on? Happy to be What's going here. On? Happy New Year. All right, same to you.
3: Hey everybody, how are What's
4: you on? today? How you What's doing this? Motel? We doing Silk, Motel, silk. Hold
3: uh, on. I mean, there we go. Okay. I was getting lost in the blur. All right. (laughs) So I am Mentayel Sokimota, um, and I am program assistant to Hangtime New Haven.
1: Awesome. And
4: I'm Keith Smith, Jr. I'm the co-program manager for Hangtime New Haven and outreach specialist for Hangtime New Haven. All
1: right. And so for for the folks that may not know uh about Hang Time and the great story with uh Charlie Grady uh Connecticut's finest um who's uh what, what he's a poet, he's a playwright, he's an actor, he's <laughs> a singer, he's a guitarist right and Charlie like 99 years old and he look like he 25. <laughs> he's 25 uh, He's to get into that right now but You're right uh, time started in Bridgeport but it spread its wings and, and what are you guys and how are you guys doing with the social, social hub networking for uh, the reentry community uh, community connecting that reentry um, population to the general population in the community and how are you guys making that work? Um, well we outreach to the uh, halfway houses in the area
4: um, like you said yes hang time began in 2014 in Bridgeport. Uh, originally with hang time and, it, and it's been doing well. And uh, it, some things have, great things have came out since 2014 when they started it, you know, her time was birthed out of that, uh, where that's you know, exclusively just for the women in the, in the community to come together. Um, they also worked on, they have a program called hang time mobile, which allows uh, individuals that are attendees to hang time to be able to go outside of their community and uh, travel and see, you know, different um, landmarks uh, to be able to get familiar with them and have that experience. I think most recently they had one, a trip that went to DC and they were able to visit the Capitol. So that's something that's really cool for those that come and become involved with hang time. And then you have the choices program that we're trying to help with youth. Currently right now, I think they are in Bridgeport uh, and I think Crosby and Waterbury. And we're just looking to spread that out in different uh, areas of Connecticut, but that's where we're at right now with this. So it's really, it's really really cool. I think um, I would like to give it to um, Silky to explain her time a little bit more because I think that's important for the individual, the women in our community to know about. I'll let you go with that, so
3: So we have her time as well um, in Bridgeport, Waterbury, and New Haven. Um, and her time is... Uh, a space only for the women. Not even our founder Tr- Charlie Grady is allowed to come. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Heard <laughs> um, about
3: that? <but>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we need our space. We need our our own time and our own space. Um, and that's what that's what her time is. Um, you know, mothers, girlfriends, wives, daughters. You know, cousins. We we support um, our men when they are incarcerated, and we also help carry that burden. You know, and and we need a space where we can talk about that. You know, um, and it's 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 a beautiful space where um, there's no judgment. There's no judgment, and we just love on each other. Um, so, yeah, her time is amazing. If you have a sister, a mom, a cousin, oh, or a friend, bring them down. We are at Project More once a month, the third Thursday, um, on the first floor from 6 to 8 p.m. And then we also have the scholarship program um, where we um, give scholarships to um, seniors that will be graduating that have been impacted by incarceration. Um, And also, um, we have uh, scholarships also for adults that have been um, impacted um, by incarceration. And the grade eight, Mm, which uh, Mr. Keith I was getting is a part
4: of. <laughs> I was getting there. I was getting there. I was, I was getting there. So yeah, the grade eight is, is something that was also a part of a product of pain time. It created something we call the Hall of Change, where individuals that have been incarcerated at some point in their lives came home, made the proper adjustments to be able to get their life going in the right direction and giving back to their community. So this recognizes those eight individuals within the state uh, for their for their work and what they've been doing, and yes, I was blessed to be able to be a 2023 Grade Eight inductee. Um, we're looking forward to have the unveiling of that uh, of that you know that class that was you know inducted in uh, April 25th, 2024, at Newgate Prison. It's in uh, Granby, Connecticut. Uh, it's at the old Newgate Prison. It was one of the first prisons ever inside of the state of Connecticut that. They housed individuals there. And when you go there, you can see, you know, the mundane circumstances from which individuals were being detained at that time back in the day Uh, to be able to evolve it now to be a museum for those individuals uh, to be posted their story, to be told in that place about their, you know, great job and coming home and just finding their way and turning it around. So I think that it's, it's really commensurate to the kind of work that, you know, from where we've been to where we're coming, uh, to be celebrated for that. Uh, I think it's a great thing. So yes, we also have the grade eight and I believe that it's we're moving that around. I believe that the, there's going to be, there's places, states outside of Connecticut that's looking to have the hall of change in grade eight. Yeah. I believe we're looking at Maryland. I think Maryland, Maryland. is coming soon. Um, so we're growing, Hang time is growing. Uh, and I believe that it's something that can be able to be uh, beneficial to communities uh, all over America. Because this issue is not just a Connecticut thing. You know, it's a a human thing. You know, so coming home and adjusting our lives and being able to have community, like Silky said, to come together and to be able to vent that, you know, to be heard. That's the thing. That's a lot of issues that we have within our community. A lot of individuals are pent up and they're not being heard for their, whatever it is that's troubling them. And then it comes out sometimes in other ways in the community, whether it be drug abuse or violence, you know, leading to, of course, incarceration or death, and we're trying to deter that by the work that we do by giving individuals a safe place to come and have respectful, real talk about community issues that may be affecting their lives, whether it be, you know, uh, straight away or around them, and somebody that's they're close to, but it's still the space to be able to freely speak your mind and be heard is what Hang Time is all, her time is all about.
1: So, so let me ask you guys this: um, having been to a couple of the Hang Time sessions myself. Um, I know there are some things that are, are, keenly, uh, important, um, that, that take place in these sessions and what sta- what happens at hang time stays at hang time. But, um, for, for the uninitiated, um, you know, <laughs> understanding <laughs> is that you, if you're coming to hang time, you're going to be treated with respect. You're going to have yep. a meal always out of the mill and, Oh, uh, Shameless plug for any um, food places or restaurants out there that would like to donate the Hang Time, you can uh, either reach out to myself or we'll get the contact information for Miss Silky and Mister Smith. Would mm-hmm. like to donate a meal for one of the Hang Time sessions. I'm sure they would love it. Um, so again, what? you're gonna get respect, real talk. You're gonna get a meal, and you're gonna learn something new. Is that correct? For sure. For sure.
3: That's it. That's our That's motto. It.
1: That's it. Yeah, so
3: we I mean,
4: encourage everybody to come like I said hang time is inclusive um, of of children and women and that's the only thing that's different between the hang time and her time, her time is exclusive for women no men you
1: know, man.
4: you no the men got money. to carry all the weight on the back right like, oh, <laughs> uh, you keep the family but then the women you know we ain't get there yet
3: <laughs>
4: I mean but well, we, 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 we
3: and we also don't over promise and under deliver deliver. That's Indeed. right,
4: Indeed. that's right. If we you say we're going to do so, something for an individual, for, we're going to go to ground to try to get that, make that happen. Um, because that's a part of coming to hang time, it's not just about the sessions. We actually have individuals that are a part of hang time that that behind closed doors, and when the session is not on Tuesday or Thursday. Calls are being made, connections are being made in the community to be able to help individuals to get to the resources that is provided through hang time because that's what it is, right? It's a community, a, a social networking hub that individuals that, are, that come to, they come around, they say what they're doing to the community of individual that's maybe just coming home or been home and not aware of this, guess what? Match made in heaven because now you need something. This person's offering something. You meet at hang time, you come together, you exchange numbers or emails. That it's that situation that you had can now be rectified because you got the proper resource. And that's what we're trying to do. Connect the individuals with the proper resources in the community to help them, you know, live the life that they want to live. So we encourage all those other providers that have resources. We welcome you. We welcome you to come present what you're doing in the New Haven County area, in the greater New Haven area to all the individuals that are it's applicable to because they want, they want these resources, but the thing about them is they just don't know that they exist. So yeah. we invite wow. other providers that have resources to come, present what it is Please. that you're doing in the community, because that's what we need to continue to grow uh, the numbers uh, over there at Hangtime. It's
1: a collaboration.
4: It is, it's definitely a collaboration.
3: It is.
1: Definitely, definitely. All right, um, so, I'm sorry, Silky, go got. You are about to say something.
3: I was gonna say, come and have dinner with the Hangtime family.
1: All right. right. My next question, either one of you can take it. When is Hang Time New Haven and where?
3: Hang Time New Haven is Thursday. Um, sorry. I can't find the
4: page. You, oh, it's Thursday the 1st. We have the next one is going to be <laughs> Thursday the 1st, 109 Legion Avenue at the Continuum um, from 6 to 8 p.m. And we, we do that every other, because every other week, every other like week. I said, hang time is in other parts of Connecticut, and we're in, also in Waterbury, like you said, already, Bridgeport. Um, so we swap Thursdays with Waterbury. So it's New Haven, then it's Waterbury and Thursdays. It's New Haven, and we're and then Tuesday, every single Tuesday, we're in Bridgeport, Bridgeport. At, uh, at the Borough Center. At the Borough at, Center. Center. Yep. 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 And we're at one
3: on, one on, 109 Legion Ave. That's it. Yes.
4: Yep. In New Haven. Thank you. Then, yep. That's it.
3: And then her time is also the third Wednesday of every month at Project Moore.
1: Hmm. That's 980
3: Grand Avenue? Yeah.
1: Okay. Great. Um. I, no, not 980. 830. It's 830? Okay. okay. Sorry. Yeah. Because that, good. yes,
4: it's in that plaza. Yes, it's 830 Grand Avenue.
1: 830 grand ab. Okay. My apologies.
4: Yep. It's okay. Um,
1: I, I I would also say any folks that's listening to this, um, we can get you guys connected to hang time if what they've talked about you're interested in. Um you could also um uh, we will we can send out information through the Greater New Haven Range Roundtable, um, which email is gnhrrt um uh, at gmail.com. So if you're interested, we can get you guys connected over uh at, with the hang time folks and uh we'll send out some flyers that they have and again if there are any restaurants that would like to you know tax deductible donation supply mm-hmm. food to hang time please don't hesitate to reach out to us um so yeah. you guys talked about um the hang time mobile trips what what's what's coming up next I know there have been plays then beer stories and, and and vignettes done by the great eight what do you guys have coming up in the in the near future? Well, as far as mobile rest. trip, well, we just started two thousand twenty-four.
4: Mm-hmm. So we haven't set up an actual mobile trip, but the event that we have right now in the foreseeable future that's current in New Haven is uh the dining dining at McDonald's. It's on um I don't have the flyer. Do you have that flyer, Silky, available right yeah. now, real quick? and then you let silky just read the details off of the flyer because that's the most up it's in march i believe march 22nd on a friday night where it's an open mic where all individuals are encouraged to come uh if you have poetry you spit bars you know you got something you want to say as long as it's you know you know uh kid you know respectful Beautiful. family friendly family friendly um we encourage you to come down and take part in that and buy a meal because whatever proceeds that are you know acquired from people buying meals for this event is going to go towards hang time, so it's between the hours. I believe. What's the hours? So do you know the hours?
3: The hours are. I'm looking for the fire now. Sorry. Okay. It's five to eight p.m.
1: And what day? Friday.
3: Friday, March twenty second, twenty twenty four, at the McDonald's at Two hundred and fifty
1: Whaley Avenue in New Haven.
3: Thank you. Here so, we go. make sure you guys give five me five to all eight so every single meal, anything that they sell, um, a a portion will go to hang time. Awesome. Yes.
1: Make sure you guys get yeah. me all that flyer so I can make sure it gets disseminated throughout the uh, Rancher Roundtable networks. There.
4: Yep, that's a plan. That's a promise. And I also want to be able to come to the roundtable in New Haven. I haven't been to that one yet, so please. Oh no. Uh, loop 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 me loop a, a, a sin so we could yes, uh, be able to come in and be able to come in and talk to those individuals over there straight away that'd be nice if you could add us to the absolutely. Um, email absolutely.
1: that re-entry yeah. round table is every third wednesday of the month and uh okay. yeah we're more than happy to have yeah. you up there you can talk about hang- new haven hang time and whatever else you might have going on
4: okay yeah i appreciate it we appreciate it
1: absolutely you guys are doing great work um I mean, hang like I said hang time started in bridgeport but it spread its wings and to to different geographical areas and not only that it's expanded into another programming um I remember uh a time ago it had to be like 2016. Uh, I remember meeting with Charlie and he had he's like man I got this great idea about the great eight nah, nah, nah. and he it went from his mouth to God's ears and, and turned into a reality and now we're on what the mm. third of great eight uh induction so yeah amazing work yeah. you guys are doing in the community with the social networking hub of, of hang time and i just look forward to, to having you guys on again um we're down to about one minute any last parting words you guys want to share with the community regarding hang time and hang time new haven specifically you,
3: you gotta come into the room so you understand the energy who we are and what we do it's it's something that has to be seen and Felt to An know. Experience.
1: You can't just talk about
4: yeah.
3: yeah, you can't. You can't. So see you at hang time.
4: <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. See you at hang time. That's
1: it. All right, you guys want to give the time again, the time and location again, please.
3: 109 Legion Ave in New Haven at the Continuum Building. And our next session is February 2nd. First. Oh, first? Yep, next Thursday is the
4: first. Yep. 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Yep. Yep. All right, folks. And
3: tell a friend
4: to tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. That's right, Suki.
3: Thank you. Thank Thank you you, for the opportunity.
4: Thank you for the opportunity, girl. Thank you guys for joining us. All right, thanks.
0: Fight. Why do we got to fight? Let's be like sis and brother, who finally got it right. Got it right Let's face up each other, Ooh. black, brown, yellow, blue, white. Ooh. Let's cherish all the color, Ooh. instead of spitting spikes. Spitting spite. The highest we can you are be. listening to The Tom Vigdon Show on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, in your home for community radio.